morning, everyone. Again, it is good to see you. So many things going on right now. Uh, it's a wonderful time uh, to be in our church. It is uh, amazing just watching all that the Lord is doing. When I went to Myanmar, I uh, was I was uh, burdened by a desire to learn the language of the men that I was spending time with, and I found that same burden right now. I I am longing so much to learn sign language. I. Uh, I want to be like Barnabas <laughs> that was here last Sunday night. What, seven languages? I just want it now. <laughs> I'm convinced that speaking in tongues is no longer around. Because if it was, I'd be speaking in signs. I'd be speaking in several different languages. When I went to Myanmar, had opportunity, uh, a dear brother is here today with us. I had an opportunity last night. He's with us tonight. I had a, or today, I had a great talk with him. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I want you to learn. I want you to learn sign hearing people, please. Even if you don't, learn a lot, just a little bit. Try. I want to challenge you. It's our way to love people. And, Daph, I, I want to challenge you to not have expectations of anybody learning sign. In other words, if nobody learns, you'll still be satisfied <laughs> because Christ is good. And let's walk with Christ together. We got a great passage to look at today. So turn in your Bibles over to Luke chapter 2. Terry's going to be away for two weeks. We have become quite the partners I'm seriously considering taking out a loan and moving him closer and buying him a house here. Uh, there's something about this man that I've, I've uh, grown to just love him. <laughs> me and my daughter laughing right I'm very thankful for him. So how do you respond to good news? If, if you were given good news, if you found something you highly valued that you had lost, how would you respond? If you lost something very valuable and you found it, what would you do? Yay! You'd tell people? You'd announce it. 
If you were given a great gift, how would you respond? What would you do? If you were told the greatest information ever shared on this planet, how would you respond? If you were told great news, how would you respond? Well, before you answer the question, how many people did you share the good news of Jesus Christ with this week? You say, why? Last week, we talked about the good news. <laughs> Last week, we went over all the good news. Now, who did you tell about it this week? Who did you share it with? Now, it's funny. We Christians can be very complacent. We'd say, oh, well, yeah, it's good news, but people have heard it before, so why? And the answer is because they need the good news. <laughs> and you have good news, why not tell it? You know, I, was, I, 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 I would, you would be amazed how many times this week I heard somebody tell me about a movie they saw. <laughs> somebody told me about this movie or that movie. I won't go into names of the movies because then you'll know exactly who I'm talking to about. <laughs> I saw something good and now I'm sharing it with you. But last week we looked at the glory of Christ, the good news of who he is. Who did we tell? Today we're going to see. We're going to look at how our response should be to the good news. <laughs> The shepherds responded appropriately. Even heaven responded appropriately. We're going to see how we should respond to the good news of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In our passage, look over at Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Our memory verses last week were this. This was the good news. That should be 2.10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We saw the first recipients of this news were some lowly shepherds. We saw the messenger of this good news was one of God's holy angels, a divine revelation. We saw the subject of the good news was a Savior, born who is Christ the Lord. The angel then gave the sign that you'll see him wrapped in clothes and lying in a feeding trough. That's the sign. By the way, for it to be a sign, it has to be something that's not common, correct? So it's not common that everybody put their babies in feeding troughs back in Jesus' day. It was still a lowly, humble position. And that's why it's a sign. The worship scene that follows in verses 13 and 14, look at your Bibles. It includes and reveals some implications for his birth. The implications for his birth. Let's look at the response of heaven and earth. 
to the good news of Jesus Christ and read our full passage in verses 13 through 20. Let's read. I don't have it all, but you'll we'll get it. <laughs> all right. And suddenly, and there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he was laying in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. Just as, has, just as had been told to them. Let's pray. Father, again, we hear your word. A revelation from you. Maybe it doesn't come with the lights of an angel. But it is your word. A revelation from you. Oh God, please help us to be impacted by this truth. Help us know it. And understand it and apply it to our heart that we may serve you faithfully as you deserve. Help us to respond appropriately to this good news. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at the response of heaven and earth to the good news of Jesus Christ. There are two main responses to the good news of great joy of Jesus. There's a heavenly worship in response, and there's an earthly worship in response. And as you follow along in your notes, you can fill these in. Again, what impact does the person and work of Jesus have on us? What is the impact? Well, the impact in heaven is great. We look first at that. Notice in verse 13. We see first, a Savior's birth brings a response from a multitude in heaven. And a, a great multitude, we will see. It says in verse 13, notice in your Bibles, Suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of angels of the heavenly host. This is a large portion of God's army in heaven. The word host literally means army. So this is God's army. We talked a little bit last week about angels. We talked a little bit of how we have dumbed them down. And we've made them easy to watch and easy to see, right? Now, this would be like the greatest display of probably men have ever seen of God's glory. Maybe one of the greatest ones. To these lowly shepherds. The host of God. The army of God. 
I mean, when I think of armies and I think of them on display, I think of, you know, like during the Cold War, war when the Russians brought out all of their army and they would all march. Remember, you saw them on television, many of you. To show the power and grandeur of Russia or USSR at that time, the Soviet Union, right? The power. This is God's army shown to these men. Can you imagine what it would have been like? This would be a scene far beyond any comprehension that we could ever think of. A portion of God's army on display. Why? Why were they showing themselves? What were they doing? This great display of God's army was all over a baby in a manger. A baby in a manger? Why? Such a great display. Why? Such a a glorious display. Still blows me away. And who were they shown to? Who was the display to? Just some shepherds. God's ways are so much different than ours. But it brings a full response from heaven. Now, last week, again, I'm going to say this over and over through the message. We heard about the glory of Christ. It brought God's heavenly army out to worship God for this great display of grace. But what about us? What about us? We heard the gospel last week. You heard it, didn't you? So were our lives different this week? It brought out the whole host of God's army. Notice also, the Savior's birth brings a response of continuous praise. And it says, and they were praising, the hosts were praising God and saying continuously. A continuous praise. They were acknowledging the glory of God over this event. Now, I want you to think for a second. Who is this host? What are they about? They're probably angels, the armies of God. I want you to think for a second. Do the angels understand the Trinity? Yes. They've seen him in full glory. They've seen the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to some extent. I don't know. Obviously, God is spirit. But they've seen the Trinity. They understand the three persons of the Trinity, the one God. What do the angels know? They know the Trinity. They also know the sinfulness of mankind, don't they? Now, think about this. The angels see a lot, and they have seen a lot. Thousands of years of rebellion against God. Angels get it, don't they? They see God as holy and perfect and sinless, beautiful, glorious, mankind, sinless, sinful, wretched, miserable, hating one another, hitting each other, killing each other, sacrificing children. They've seen it all. And then they see one of the members of the Trinity in a manger. They get it. They go, wow, God. 
blessing. Praise God. I bet that was a worship scene. Can you imagine? I would love to. I can't wait. I pray in heaven we have some way to turn back and watch it. (laughs) Can you imagine? I wonder what those shepherds were thinking. is an army like you've never seen worshiping God for his great glory notice also the Savior's birth brings a response of total worship of God for his work look what they say look they say glory to God in the highest and on on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased here we see the angels' worship is a twofold praise. It has two aspects to it. There's the praise of God in heaven, and then there's the praise of God for his work on earth. Let's talk about this first. The praise of God in heaven. It says, glory to God. Now, what does this phrase mean? Glory to God. It means praise to God. Praise to God. To ascribe praise to him. To attribute praise to God. And it says in the highest. It speaks of the location where God is to be praised. Again, it's in the highest is a reference to heaven. Okay. Now think for a second. God deserves praise in a holy place where there is no sin. In the highest. Now think. Think for a second. Angels. The whole army says God deserves praise in heaven. Holy place. How much more here? How much more from us? (laughs) We should stand up and scream, God, praise you. This is a sinful place. And he came to provide a way for us to know him, a holy one. I was asked this week, I keep falling, I keep sinning, I keep messing up, I keep doing the same thing. What do I do? I would suggest you've forgotten how glorious God is at that time. You've forgotten what he's done and who he is. Your praise is demonstrated in your life. If you know him, you will want to praise him with obedience. The angels get it. They praise God. In heaven. Heaven is filled with perfect sinless beings. And heaven is the abode of holy beings. And the birth of the Son of God brings praise from these beings. So now let me ask you a question. What do you praise? What do you exalt? What do you lift up? Perfect angels praise God for his work. You know, I, I've often 
I'm afraid a little bit of the, uh, the seeker-sensitive movement. It's all about the, the music and the service. We've got to crank up the music, have good music, and do things like that. And their argument is this. This is how I really praise God is here when I have that kind of thing. No, it ain't. Your obedience, your daily life, what are you doing day in and day out? I can drum up some emotion, I promise you. I can get us all in here screaming. I promise you, I've done it. I've done it. How? I sold rainbow vacuum cleaners. We sold $1,500 vacuum cleaners. And I got a room full of 100 people screaming at the top of their lungs about going and selling a $1,500 vacuum cleaner. And you don't believe me? Ask David, my brother. Isn't that true? A hundred people screaming about a vacuum cleaner. Now all of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. But it's possible. I promise you I can do it. But praise of the Lord is all the time. And it comes from a proper understanding of the glory of Christ. That's why the angels praise God. It's not drumming up emotions. I don't care about that. Do you know Christ? Do you understand what he's done for you? The angels got it. Do you get it? He deserves praise, doesn't he? The angels marvel at it. 1 Peter 1.12 says this, talking about the salvation. Things into which angels long to look on. What does that mean? It literally means that they marvel at the concept of saving lost, ugly sinners. They don't really get it. They go, wow, what? You know why? You know why they don't really get it like we get it? You know why? Because they're holy. They're perfect. They've never sinned, the holy angels. Never. And the angels that fell, guess what? There's no redemption for them. They're gone. Judgment. Angels know God's justice well. They understand his righteousness well. But they look at the baby in the manger and they go, what? Wow. This is amazing. God, I can't get it completely. But me and you. Oh, folks, do you understand? We should out-worship the angels. We should out-worship the angels. Why? Because of our wretched souls that he died to pay for and freed us from sin and took the punishment we deserve. 
understand the baby in the manger even more than they do. How much more should we worship and praise God all the time? If you know the good news, you should respond appropriately. The angels even talk of this great work. They praise God for his work on earth. Notice, and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. The effect of the incarnation is hinted at here. The armies of God know why the Savior is born. What's the significance? Why is the Savior there? Peace on earth among men. Peace with God. God was going to provide peace through his person and work through the Savior. Now, I find it so interesting that, that Luke uses the word host, the army of God, and then talks about the work of God providing peace. Now, when you think of an army, what do you think of? War, coming to wipe out the world, right? When you think of holiness and power and justice and holiness and righteousness on display in this host, what do you think? You think, and if I were one of the shepherds, that probably would have been the first thing in my mind. I would have said, they're here. (laughs) They've had enough. God's sending his angels. He's going to wipe us out like we deserve. But their message is what? God has provided peace. That's a wild concept. Peace with God. How? Through that baby in the manger. Through that baby in the manger. What he did for you, folks. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand that you're the enemies of God? That we're born enemies of God? That we, we're born all about us and about our will and our wants and our desires. But God sent his son to provide a reconciled relationship between enemy and we sang about, even in this morning, what a friend we have in Jesus. We can only say that because why? Because Jesus has provided peace. Now, there's a little phrase here. It's a hard phrase. It says this, with whom he is pleased. With whom he is pleased. Now, I got a question for Does this passage mean God grants peace to everyone who pleases God by doing something? God gives peace, reconciliation for all those that please him. Well, that's what the world would tell you the passage means. 
that ain't what the passage means. If it means that, I'm in trouble. Because I'm a sinner. And you're in trouble because you're a sinner. You say, well, Mike, I don't, I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good person. <laughs> well, then you really don't know how bad you really are. Because your heart's wicked, ladies and gentlemen. Peace is not provided by you doing something to earn God's pleasure or his happiness. This means God grants peace to everyone who God is pleased to give it to. Why? Again, what are the angels doing? Take note of this. This is important. What are the angels doing? They're worshiping God, right? If they made it about us who please God in the middle of a praise to God, what would they do, be doing? They'd be praising man. Because it really should be this way. The baby's laid in the manger, and all those that are really good, God is pleased with them, and he gives them that peace. So, way to go, man, and way to go, God. You know what that is? That's not what the passage says, and that's not the point of the passage. The point of the passage is God is doing an amazing work through that son. He is providing a way for the ones he is pleased with and decides to show favor on to give them peace. That's the point of the passage. All praise goes to God. Otherwise, we have to throw out Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Because Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, through faith, not of yourself. Faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Nobody in this room is going to walk out of this place praising yourself. <laughs> and if you do, you've missed the point of the whole message because the angels praise God. It's all about God. Now, should we seek to please God? Some are saying yes. Some are like very afraid to say yes. Absolutely. He's our Father. He's provided peace. We have a new relationship with Him. And therefore, we long to please our Father. Not so that we can earn a right standing with God, but out of gratitude because He loved us and has saved us. There's a difference. That's not what they're talking about here. They're not talking about sanctification. The angels aren't talking about sanctification at this point. Sanctification is the process after you become a believer. Now I seek to please God. Not to earn favor. Not to earn a right standing with God. But because I have a right standing with God. 
I am His. I am justified. I am declared right. Oh, again, listen closely. If you understand the good news that you are right with God, you will want to please Him. You will want to praise Him. Your hearts are different. So if you're trusting in Christ alone to save you from your sins, then you should praise God for showing grace to you. You want to be pleasing to him because of his faithfulness to you. Angels get it. They get that God is doing a great thing for these sinful people. How much more should we who God has saved, do the same. Now let's move on to earthly worship. In our passage in verses 15 to 20, we see, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So when the angels, or when the shepherds rather, see and hear the glorious news of how, how do they respond? Notice first, they respond, the shepherds had a passionate desire to go see the glorious events. Look, look, notice. It says, they began saying to one another. This is literally, they were everybody at the same time as the way it appears. Started talking to each other. Let's go. It wasn't one of these. It wasn't one of these cases where angels go away and they're standing there. One angel says, or one shepherd says, rather, I got a good idea. Why don't we go? You know, maybe we should go over there and see that baby in the manger. The way this is worded in the Greek with an imperfect tense is to make the emphasis that they were just wild constantly. It was like they were running around to each other. Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hurry, hurry. Come on, we're going, we're going. Ongoing, and everybody was saying, hey, we got to go. Come on, let's go. The good news impacted them. And gave them a passionate desire to go see it. And it's worded that way to give that emphasis. Again, I know some of y'all look at me sometimes and say, man, me and Ronaldo and Terry look crazy up here. It's almost like we're on fire or something. It's because the Lord is working in us. And we have seen the glory of God as we've studied these passages, and we just can't wait to tell it to you. We want to share it. There's a passionate desire. There's good news. I can't wait to get this out to you. Listen, you know how much sleep I got last night? Take a guess. Four hours, maybe five, six, max. I was up till 2, 2.30. That's not the normal way to do it. Trust me. My professors would kill me. But I can't wait to teach this to you. This is good news. A Savior has been born. 
He is Christ the Lord. You can be delivered from your sin. You don't have to be in bondage constantly. The shepherds were passionate. Let's go see it. An enthusiastic desire to see the glory of God. When we really get the gospel, when we really get the gospel, we're enthusiastic to see it more. Look, the shepherds acknowledge the true source of the revelation also. Notice, which the Lord has made known to us. They understand that the angels were messengers of God. And this message came from the Lord, from God himself. And a proper understanding of God's revelation. Now, I want to take a a little side note here. It's important. I had an encounter with a guy on campus this week. At USF, again, it's a great place to go. You want to do some evangelism? Beautiful place. Everybody ought to consider doing it. Go on campus and you're going to find some really interesting fellas, ladies. A guy came up to me and saw that I was reading his Bible and he gave me this track, which the track itself is not bad. It's pretty good. It exalts Christ, which is a good thing. Um, but... He then proceeded to spend about an hour telling me about this special revelation that he got from God. Where God God talked to him and told him that he needs to do something and pray for this person. And I just sat there and, you know, nodded. And you know what I took away from it? It was very interesting to me. He had two of those stories where somebody was going to commit suicide and God talked to him and he prayed for the guy and he didn't commit suicide. The one thing I took away from the whole thing is this. If my religion and my thinking and my belief were to be based on that, I would end up exalting myself way too much. And that's what happened in the conversation. You know who wasn't mentioned at all in his whole conversation? Jesus. Not once. It was all about what he did when he listened to God and he prayed for a person. Look, folks. If you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, the main subject is going to be Jesus Christ is not going to be yourself. Do you understand? I've said this over and over and over and over and over again. It's the exaltation of Christ that matters. It's the baby in the manger. It's the Savior that died. It's the resurrected one that's living and reigning. He's the common. And you understand that the revelation of God now comes from where? Here. This is the most, this is the main source of our understanding of God. You say, well, I'm not real good at reading. I'm not real good at understanding. Study it one one word at a time then. 
because this is where you're going to know him. And by the way, this is why you should be here today, too. <laughs> we don't come for fellowship first. We come for the word of God. The revelation of who he is. And just like the shepherds, we want more. We want more. And we want more of who? The glory of Christ. I hope that's why you're here. I hope you said, and you might say, well, I didn't say this this morning. But I hope you said this this morning. I want to go to church and hear the Bible and hear more about Christ. I want to know him more. That's what the shepherds were doing. They heard the revelation. They saw the revelation. Then what did they do? Quickly notice. They made their way. And they found him. I got to find this. I got to see this. I got to see more of the glory of God. What is your main passion in life, God? Guys, ladies and gentlemen, what is your main passion? Please get this. How are you going to put sin to death? Answer. If your main passion in life is to know Christ, to know Christ more. Oh, we got people in here having babies and getting married and all these great things that God has blessed us with. But it better be secondary. It better not be first. It can't be. Knowing the passion and glory of Christ must be everybody in here's main priority. We do that, sin is going to go away. Did you did the shepherd sin on the way? It doesn't appear, and I'm arguing from silence, but you don't see him fighting. <laughs> hey, get out of my way. I'm going there. No, they don't record that. Now, granted, I'm reading from the silence, but... You would think God often shows the sinfulness of his people. They just went quickly. I want to see more. Is that why you're here this morning? Is that why you're here? Maybe you're here just because a family member brought me, or I need to be here because my mom and dad brought me, or maybe you're here because I do the same thing every Sunday, so that's why I'm here. I want you to take this down and note it. I want you to come to Grace Bible Church so you can know the glory of God more. So you can see a glimpse of Christ every week from this pulpit. By the way, if you know this gospel... Your children should want to hear that, and you should be wanting to share that gospel with them all the time. How many times did we talk about Jesus this week? How many times did we exalt him? How many times did we run to the Bible to learn more about Christ this week? How many times have you heard before, you need to do devotions in the morning? You need to pray every day. Have you heard that before? How many of you in here has heard that? Everybody? 
right? The question is, is your motivation to do it right? Do you understand who he is, and do you want to do it every day? Do you want to do it every day? Are you quickly running to your Bible in the morning? Now we're starting to really deal with how wicked our hearts are, huh? See, there's some of us in here that have been raised in a very Christian home. And I get up and I do my devotion because that's what I've always done. And I do it and I do it and I do it. And I've disciplined myself to do it every day. But I don't really want to do it. I don't really find my joy in reading the scriptures. I'm just doing it i got to do it because I've always done it. The shepherds got a glimpse of the glory of God, and they made their way quickly to find out more. Do you know the glory of Christ? Do you want to know him more? If you don't, what should you be doing right now? God, my heart's wicked. <laughs> I'm prone to think of only myself. Help me, God, understand your glory better. This is what the shepherds did. And notice, they then shared the glory with others. They shared it with others. Look, verse 17, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. What's that? That's our memory verse. By the way, how many of you memorized it last week? Don't raise your hand. They made known the statement about this child. They told people. I bring you good news of great joy, Mary. People in the city of Bethlehem. It wasn't just those two that knew. They told other people. Why? They got a glimpse of the glory of God and they wanted to share it. Look, the shepherds get it, and they share it with others. I was talking to my wife last night, and we talked about this church where the pastor says this to a, in an effect. If you're not sharing the gospel on Saturday morning, maybe, knocking doors and sharing the gospel, then you're really not saved. If you're not knocking doors and witnessing, you're really not saved. Should we do that here at our church? As a pastor, should I set that standard up and say, look, Neil, if you do not share the gospel ten times this week, knock on so many doors, go way of the master to do that, then, sir, you're, you're probably not saved. You need to question your salvation. Should we do that? No. Why not? Because I can't change your heart, and that's not my role. My role is this. You ready? I'm going to scream. I'm going to yell. I'm going to do everything I can to share the glories of Christ. I'm going to paint this picture. 
I'm going to paint it so many different ways. I'm going to talk about Christ's glory. I'm going to shout his glory to the ends of this world till the last day of my dying breath. And I'm going to pray that God works in your heart that you see it and you understand it and then you want to share it. The shepherds aren't responsible for the response of the people. All they did was share the glory. That's what you should be doing. If you know the glory of God, you should do it. You should want to do it. Because you know it's the only way that man can have what? Peace with God. Notice, though, this is what happens. All who heard it wondered at these things that were told to them by the shepherds. Now, I want you to notice really interestingly enough that the next word says, but Mary. Now, what's the word but mean? A contrast, right? Not this, but that. They, some heard it and went, wow. They heard what the shepherds said and they went, wow, this is amazing. And then it contrasts in Luke. But Mary. Hmm. Why a contrast? Well, the first group that heard from the shepherds, it appears, just marveled over, wow, this is pretty cool. This is amazing. But they did not continue to ponder and think on and meditate on and allow it to change their life. It's almost like those sermons, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me closely, please. Where you go, now that was an amazing sermon. I saw the glory of God. And you walk out and you hit your child. Or you drive home and you argue with your wife. Do you get it? We can all stand up. I can make a standing ovation. Let's give God a standing ovation. Marvel at what God has done. God came to earth and was laid in a feeding trough. But it's the ones that take the word and they ponder it. They meditate on it. They put it in deep. They think on it. They allow it to transform their lives. That's what Mary did. Those are the ones. That's who we need to be about. That's what we need to be like. Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word would be another way of putting it. Do you know the value of Christ? Is he your continuous thought every day? Finally, we see the shepherds continued to glorify and praise God for all the good news. Glorifying the idea of making God big. How many of you have heard the Sunday school answer before? What is your purpose in life? It's to glorify God, right? You've heard that before? What are you supposed to be about to glorify God? What does that mean? Well, it means to... Uh, Glorify God. <laughs> it's amazing. I have discussions with people and I'll ask them, what does glorify God mean? And they go, you know, 
you know, uh, you know, glorifying God. Okay, yeah, what's that mean? <laughs> I mean, that's the whole purpose of the church, right? That's the whole purpose of everybody in this room. You're supposed to glorify God. Do you know what it means? Make God big. Show him off. Reveal his glory. Show him off. That's what your job is. That's what your role is. If you know the gospel, your job is to show God off. If you're sinning, you're not showing God off. <laughs> if you're praising and worshiping God, you are. If you're evangelizing, you are. If you're making a disciple, you are. You're making God big. Oh, folks, this is what the shepherds were continuously doing. They were continuously showing off God. Do you do it? Is that what your life is about? If you don't, why? Why don't we do it? Alan probably thought I was crazy last night. At one point, I just wanted to, I couldn't speak. I'm writing on paper. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. It's all about the cross. It's all about him. I couldn't speak. My hands wouldn't work, and I was writing. So all I wanted to do was talk about Jesus with my brother. I wanted to share Christ. Admit that's not me all the time. But it needs to be me more. And it needs to be you more. Otherwise, we've forgotten what that child in the manger is all about. We've forgotten how sinful we really are and why he came. I know you don't think you're sinful, do you? Some of us in here probably don't even think we're sinful. But we are. And Jesus came to die for us. If you understand that, you will want to make God big all the time. In your words and your deeds. Father, thank you. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for our Savior. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that he atoned for our sin. Taking the punishment we deserve. Oh God, keep the glory of Christ fresh in our minds. Help us, God. Please help us to remember your glory. Use us to be your heralds of this good news that brings great joy. We pray this in Christ's name.